Good evening and welcome to Channel 17 Town Meeting Television. We're here with another of our Chittenden County uh, candidate forums tonight and uh, pleased to introduce the two gentlemen who are vying for the Chittenden 7-3 district. I have down at the end here John Kalaki, is that the way it's pronounced John? And Frank Davis is right here. And gentlemen, I'd like to give you both a couple minutes to do an open statement. John, maybe you'd like to start sure. and, and talk to the people about why you are running and what's important to you. Thank you. Well, for the last eight years I was running the Flint Center for the performing arts. You know, we do artistic, educational, community engagement programs. Uh, our budget's $7.7 .7 million, and I employed about 275 people a, day, a year there. Um, we did a lot of outreach. We discounted tickets with 85 social service agencies. 38,000 kids came to school matinees. 7,000 of them came for free. Uh, that was really important. We did scholarships for all our classes. We expanded programs for our audiences and artists with disabilities. We worked with the New American community. I did a whole Abenaki show. It was really important. And all of these programs came in at a balanced budget. I served on the board of the Vermont Business Roundtable, Vermont Community Foundation, and also I spent four years with uh, advisory committee of the uh, Vermont Tax Department. And I was on uh, the search for the superintendent of Burlington Schools and the search for the CEO of Vermont PBS. The reason I'm running, I often find myself in Montpelier testifying before the Senate and House committees about the essential contributions of the nonprofit sector in Vermont and for all of the people uh, that we represent. And I felt like the legislature had taken our clients and the people we were working with for granted and the nonprofit sector itself is one of the largest employment sectors. 61,000 Vermonters are employed and it's about 17% of our workforce. With this experience, I want to work to make Vermont an even better place for all of us to thrive. Thank you. Uh, Frank, why don't you give us uh, your reasons? Well, across all professions and skill sets, um, positive difference making has consistently uh, bridged all my life and now with direct direct action calling forth as never before, I really feel a need to share in this responsibility. And uh, I've been a professor for 10 years, an educator for over 30 years, um, social worker, counselor, and therapist for 12 years. I have a doctorate in business and I've run businesses, uh, also numbering in the low hundreds. And, um, and I just, you know, there's, so much about Vermont that's just heaven, you know, and yet, uh, A, um, the economy is certainly a challenge, and so there's, there's a great entree right there, but then you dig a little deeper and you don't have to dig very far, and, you know, every aspect has some issue or another, and, um, and, and we're better than that, we, you know, and if we don't address some of these issues now, I mean, there's some issues coming at us that I don't think there's a state in the country that's preparing for. We're probably going to have a, a internal climate refugee crisis uh, in the next 10 to 15 years because of extreme climate change. And to say that Vermont has done absolutely nothing to prepare for that uh, may seem scary, but what's also true is, and it's kind of a backhanded compliment, but we can kind of console ourselves, nobody has done anything to prepare for that. But we, you know, we need to do something. Now, I, I have to salute John. Uh, he's done some marvelous work with uh, 
the arts, and my art background is second almost to none, really. I, uh, I've been an artist all my life. Uh, what's also true, however, is that's a skill set that we don't necessarily, you know, grant, gr getting funding for the nonprofits, that's been needed, okay? But networking for dollars is not necessarily something that I'd like to see, you know, as a skill set in state government. And so, you know, I just, that's part of the reason why I have taken no funding whatsoever. And um, I just, you know, want to be very cautious about uh, noticing that. Let's dig a little deeper there into um, state, how um, the state as a representative to the, in the state government, how, what would you bring or you would want to bring to um, help the economy? in the state, what are the things that you would say, we need to address this and this is how we can address it? Yeah, well, you know, I think we're overdue for a thorough reassessment uh, with regards to what's possible, you know, what we must address, and uh, at least a think tank's worth of creativity. Uh, my God, we cannot uh, keep whacking property taxes. You know, it's just unsustainable, and it, it, and it really isn't fair. Um, and it, it, in some ways, it's insulting for, you know, what is arguably the smartest state in the United States. You know, we've got the, by most metrics, Vermont's got the best public schools. Sometimes it's New York, sometimes it's Connecticut. But by most metrics, it's Vermont. And we've got more universities and colleges per citizen than any other state. You know, so with all, so with this wonderful brain trust, uh, you know, why aren't we why aren't we addressing these problems you know it's not it's not rocket science does it take effort yes you know um, do we need more people in Montpelier with a spine yes you know I, we, this these are solvable issues let me ask John the same thing so as a representative and you, what would you urge your 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 folks in uh, state government to say this is this could be an approach for helping our economy and making it stronger, more well, effective? Well, first, I've done a lot of different innovative business things around collaboration, and I think that uh, even though in 2014 the government uh, Vermont did accounts-based. Uh, accountability, results-based accountability, they're asking the, the organizations to do it in the departments, but I think the legislators themselves don't actually understand it fully, and I think there needs to be a systems approach and not a committee approach. And so I think it has to go across committee for some of these issues because I'd be talking to one committee about something in the nonprofit sector, I'd be there with um, the head of the food bank and the YMCA and King Street and, and other nonprofits, and we go to another committee, and there was there was no bridging into the because every committee was so siloed. And, and I think it's important that we have the committee work, but then we also learn to work across the committees and look at a syst systemic approach to Vermont issues. Well, what, in in your opinion, what would be the issues that you would that you would like to bring, or at least? See if you can get on the table. Well, we I, we have an economic crisis, I think, in Vermont. We have, um, for the wealthier, people are telling me they're moving to other states because it's lower right. uh, income taxes, and they're six months in a day there, so they're not paying taxes here. So that's a problem. The fallback answer cannot be that we just tax the rich. We have to have really, again, a systemic rethinking of the whole tax structure that's important. Um, 
middle and lower income families are really hurting. As I've gone around to my district and met people, um, we are also an aging state, so we have to get younger people to move here. And here's ways. The afford affordable wages is something that is very key. And it is a tragedy that the governor um, vetoed that in this session. But even $15 by 2024, I mean, Amazon's doing that. I think Vermont has to do better than that. So I would like to, of course, work on that. Family leave was also vetoed. That was very important, uh, not only for people with new babies, but people with aging folks that they have to take care of. We need people to, to have a holistic life. Very important. Expansion of daycare opportunities is also very important for our young families. Um, workforce development is something, you know, it looks like we have a low um, unemployment, but actually there are skills that are not being developed. And there's an interesting project um, that I, w I learned about with the Vermont Business Roundtable, the Vermont Talent Pipeline, where they're working with the health industry, the manufacturing industry, uh, and the construction industry and they are certifying kids out of high school telling them there's these kinds of jobs and it's skilled jobs and if you get the certification you'll be guaranteed an interview in the construction industry and then if you're hired there it's a bonus so there's that kind of thing and those kids can also then get certified in college stuff so that's really very very important to do that and more affordable housing uh, yes. and, and, and the last part of this picture is uh, our protection for renters there's a lot of issues of uh, people renting in our, in our district that we live, that people feel like they have no recourse, they don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. So I think all of that is, for me, the economy, and it's like that crosses committees, and it would be interesting to me. I mean, Frank or I get in, we're going to be new, and we don't get our committee choice no, necessarily. No. We'll be at one committee. But to me, my job has always been about how can we do things better together. And so that's what I would like to work Frank, on. Frank, do you want to... Um, go somewhere else with this discussion or would you like to add what you would like to bring to those? Well I would actually echo that John's right on point in okay. fact um, you know I pay for my rent three times how much I paid for my mortgage uh, before I moved here from out of state and that included property taxes and insurance and there is a area in our district that is uh, coming up right now and it's being referred to as affordable housing and it's $300,000 to start. Yep. And I'm thinking, if, if that's affordable housing to you, you know, what's wrong with this picture? That's, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you don't need affordable housing if you've got, if that's not, you know, if you can afford $300,000, you've got lots of choices. So, you know, I would acknowledge that, certainly. Um, I do like the idea that um, uh, there was a nod toward, um, uh, other ways to uh, grow as a citizen in this state, um, um, a viable citizen, a contributing citizen, uh, besides college or university. And, and we do need to expand those avenues, absolutely. And, and, um, and they do need to be uh, uh, well-regarded, well-paid, um, you know, and, and, uh, and so I would certainly uh, also hope uh, to champion uh, that as well. 
That's great. Uh, well, Frank, another kind of thing about this, uh, to me, that's important is, you know, in South Burlington, our schools are robust. We have a growing population, but there's a lot of schools, you know, across Vermont that there's declining populations, right. and there's issues now about mergers and stuff. Right. But to me, it's the opportunity that we can actually redefine a school as a community center. Because when I look in rural Vermont, there are issues around daycare, there's issues around preschool, there's issues around after school, and even senior activities. And uh, I, I talked to the folks of the Permanent Fund, and they said there is a dearth of quality daycare around the state. But so if we move everything into the school situation, all of this can actually happen, and that the uh, isolated seniors can actually go to the bone building class as well in the school. And it, but we, need, we would need to look differently at what a school can be, and not just hold it for what it was. And I think that that's a really thing. And you know, we also have to delink school budgets with property taxes because it is so complex for people. Feel the same way too about that, Frank? Or well, I certainly would want to review um, all of it um, because, uh, as it stands now, we've had uh, some significant hiccups, mm -hmm. and and that's not necessarily um, useful or necessary. Um, the fact of the matter is, I'd like to do some. Um, some really bold considerations and would need you know uh, some support in pushing it through legislation but you know we you had um, Ms. Uh, Pugh and, and, and Maida here uh, a moment ago and uh, they were talking about the opioid crisis and and one of the things uh, that bubbled up for me listening to that and yes thank God you know Vermont is is one of the uh, leading states uh, one of the models um, uh, with regards to this uh, crisis. But what's also true is uh, addressing this uh, before it becomes an issue. They were talking about the barn, leave, the horse leaving the barn. The fact of the matter is, we consider this for a moment. Once upon a time, and it wasn't very long ago, we did not have sex education in the schools. Over the course of time, it was like, oh my God, we need that. Let's get it in the schools and teach that. Okay, well, again, I, I want to acknowledge the magnificence of the public schools uh, in this state. I, I'm not trying to minimize that. You know, South Burlington, in fact, has the best public school in the state. What's also true, however, is there's no class on communication skills. There's no class on relationship skills. There's no class on, you know, where, if you don't get to learn coping skills at home, where are you going to learn that? And and if there's a need, and apparently there is, I mean, you know, um, somebody uh, graduates high school, they go out and about their business, and they try to put together some modicum of success and, and make their way in the world. And you know, the next thing you know, that they, they can't pay the rent, they're living in their car, um, their uh, minimum wage paying job uh, decided you know, to, to shuffle the schedules and they can't make the schedule and, and before you know it, it's like I'm homeless and and you know or or the typical avenue is actually the pain medication but be that as it may you know you can spin out the scenario any number of ways all of a sudden somebody's on opioids and it's like oh they're a bad person no they're not a bad person yeah. Yeah. you know but there's ways to address this before it even occurs and we don't teach those skills I, one of the things 
one of the things I did as an educator is I, I taught in a county jail. I was well, Before we go too far, okay, ahead, because you know, our time is limited, but it seems like we're going around the same type of thing, and I want to ask John a little bit about healthcare because that whole concept you have about community centers and expanding those things with yep. daycares and various yep. things, seems like healthcare would be at the top of everyone's list also right. about how do we address healthcare for Vermonters and, and from the state level, how do, how do we address the, the cost of healthcare and as well as the services? Well, I'll start with the opiate issues because right. healthcare is involved Seems like in there these first. are somewhat yeah. connected but, here. But so. you know, I visited treatment court in Barrie and Burlington and it was a very moving experience for me because I watched the judicial system treat people not as um, they, they, they treated people who were dealing with addiction with dignity, with humanity, and it was considered an illness, and it wasn't considered a crime. Right. And it was really important that a support structure set up, you work with social workers, you have your sobriety meetings you have to go to, you have to be tested everything, and then you work with your peers in this group, kind of work on that. And I saw peer network that was really profound for 20 or 30 people that were there going to the family judge every day. But this cross-sector collaboration is the thing that really seems to be working with um, stable housing and healthcare, really important, and the UVM hospital is doing some of that, social services as well. And um, the United Way has been doing that with our incredible organizations, COTS, um, Spectrum, the Howard Center, each of those are seeing that can't, you cannot isolate one of these issues, that it has to be integrated. You know, and so part of this, if, if, in the, the drug issues we're talking about, it seems to be working. But I think it's also in healthcare, it's, it's re revealing to everyone that this is the better way to go. Um, you know, there's a lot in flux right now about healthcare, if, if, with your mm -hmm. question. Um, mm -hmm. The expansion of Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act really helped ensure rural Vermonters. That was extraordinary. Well, that's ending in 2020, so it's it's unclear. And on Monday, I was reading a draft report about um, the Vermont Health Connect and the individual mandate. And it's not clear yet if there's gonna be a tax penalty there for compliance. But that's an abyss. If that happens and rural Vermonters now lose that, that's really pretty significant. It's a game changer. We have to then go back holistically and, and address that. Green Mountain Care Board. The legislature is the one that's going to have to address that at that point. So, I think, yeah, I think so. Well, I think I, we we better. Yeah. Or we'll be short. We'll be painted in other ways. Right. Right. And right. it's a great investment to right. to do this early on. Yes. And it's cheaper. It's cheaper to do it. You know, to to go down the path of universal care. You know, as long as we're honoring each other, we're lifting up the nurses, we're working with the pharmaceuticals. You know, it appears we're evolving fine in this direction. You know, we just need to continue to move towards universal single payer, you know, regardless. And um, and that is regardless of what the federal government may choose to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, no, it's, you know, the holistic approach to the opioid crisis, you know, we, we've been um, holding that up on high. Everybody who's been sitting here has been saying that. it That is the standard. I would say this, however, um, you know, the sobriety meetings, 12-step um, uh, stuff has, has devolved to a cult. I mean, you know, let's face it, wh wh why wouldn't that happen? It's a leaderless uh, um, organization by definition, and it's made up primarily of folks with an active dysfunction. And 
and that's not to minimize the great work. They save lives, but it's sobriety primarily, not recovery primarily. And, um, and the alternative uh, has been, you know, I, I was one of the people who started the very first secular recovery groups as a, as a counselor in Florida. Um, and there are secular movements across the country. And I don't know that there are any uh, secular yeah, meetings here in, in at least the greater Burlington area. Yeah. I know there's smart recovery, but I haven't been to one of their meetings. I just haven't had a need to, so uh, well, I do I need to check them the out. I was given the five minute sign, so okay. we're down to, so Frank, why don't you get, we'll try to give you guys two minutes, two solid minutes to, um, what would you like, and you might want to talk right to the right, the camera with the red light on when it comes up over here. And uh, tell, tell the, the folks of South Burlington exactly, you know, your, your closing statement here, what do you want to do? Well, there is a truth, most know, but still fumble in shorthand. There is the Republican right, and so now it's gotten so far to the right, it's dragged the Democrats uh, squarely to the middle. And, you know, yes, you're generally better off with a Democrat than a Republican, but also, generally speaking, the Democrats have left the left, you know, and that's a real vacuum. You know, we progressives are the left, and, and eschewing corporate funding is certainly an expression of that. Uh, I'm beholden only to my constituents, you know, fighting for not just the working class, but our liberties themselves. Um, yes, I seek to represent the district of South Burlington that I'm in, and, and this is both for South Burlington and South Burlington's perspective for Vermont. So, you know, if you've paid attention to my responses, um, you know, I tend to be a little more specific. Uh, I just want to be very clear, I take this very, very seriously. Um, you know, John's a good man, and I've, I've said that repeatedly ever since before I met him, actually. Um, he's for better education, better water quality. Well, you know, that's great, no kidding. I think we all are. Uh, but I haven't seen John take a stand on a specific issue yet. And um, he does take campaign donations, 80% are from out of state. Uh, begs the question, you know, who would he be beholden to? Who would he be re representing? You know, I'm telling you who I am, that I represent my district, I'm beholden to no one. You know, and your vote is too important to gamble with. John, it's your floor now. Great. Well, the last few months have been pretty extraordinary for me as I went to uh, about 850 of my constituents' doors. And uh, I saw seniors feeling helpless about unsustainable rent increases. I saw people tell me they're moving out, out of the district because they're moving out of state because of rising property taxes. I watched young families tell me they were struggling with housing, with low-paying jobs, lack of affordable daycare. Um, I mentioned the treatment courts. I was very inspired by how um, they are dealing with people with addiction and mental illness and in a holistic way. Um, I visited Lunds, which is an incredible place for uh, pregnant and uh, parenting teens, young adults, and uh, adoption families. For me, there's so much to learn here. Uh, in this run and if I would be elected. I've been meeting with advocates from affordable housing, healthcare, environment, workforce development, early childhood education, been learning a lot, listening to people. 
I participate in community conversations about Act 250, which is a very significant act about land use. It's very significant in South Burlington as our land is being used, and it's also an issue that that bill was 50 years ago to kind of stop the ski industry from taking every, all the green space away. It has to be rethought now in 50 years, and I think that's important. I'm also very honored to be endorsed by Planned Parenthood. That's been uh, very important for me to stand with them. And I really do look forward to the opportunity to serve and to help make our state an even better place for people to thrive. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, and thank you for watching tonight. Uh, this has been Channel 17 Town Meeting Television. And uh, the two candidates that you can vote for and you must get out and vote are John Kalaki and Frank Davis. Get out there and vote. Thank you so much. Frank.